Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we finally got Forsaken Shores, and man, there is a lot of death going on. Uh, if you aren't being killed by volcanoes, boiling water, gunpowder skeletons, sharks, other pirates, or earthquakes, well, it's probably going to be from the geezers or geysers. Geezers? Old people? Old people are killing pirates? That doesn't make sense. Anyway, that and more in this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. First up on today's docket, let's talk about some volcanoes, some earthquakes, some geysers, and the lava floor, and more. There's just so much. Forsaken Shores is out, and if you haven't gotten back into the game, if this is your first foray into it in a while, you're going to be really, really surprised because it's not easy. It's it's hard. It's it's really, really hard, and everything in the game just wants to kill you. It kind of feels like Australia. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Anyway, so you're going to have these volcanoes, and I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point there is some sort of AI or timer that basically says that if you are planning on going to an island, you're going to have to deal with a volcano. It doesn't matter. You're, you're going to have to have a volcano at some point. And the, the, the spawn, or not the spawn rate, what would you call it? I guess the frequency of eruptions, that's probably a better way of saying it, is really high. Like, really, really high and you're gonna to have to deal with them. The The best recommendation I can make comes from Ors Blue Fog or Space Admiral Ors, who, who did the uh, the really awesome Helm uh, customization for his Sea of Thieves game earlier. He actually noticed and then passed it on to most other people that in the game, if you are too close to a volcano, you can tell by the ash that is falling from the sky. So if you see ash and you're in the volcano and it's erupting, you're gonna know that you're gonna get hit there's a good possibility that you're actually going to get it so try and stay outside of that and, and try to make sure you keep an eye out for that falling ash because that's going to be your biggest indicator with the volcano you get a couple indicators ahead of time about when it's actually going to go off and some of them are just kind of precursors to what's going to happen others are actually going to be ones that come right before an eruption and the earthquakes are going to be your best bet for that the problem with the earthquakes as is that they're they're basically the the great equalizer for gunpowder skeletons um i don't think <laughs> i don't think i've ever had a problem running away from gunpowder skeletons lately uh, unless you actually get tripped up on something not to say that it doesn't happen but just that you can typically outrun them turn around shoot them you know take them out in your own way not with earthquakes uh you're gonna have some problems with earthquakes because they they basically they treat you as if you're drunk uh you stagger you lose your balance you can't quite run in a in the same direction and it forces you to to be slow uh and unfortunately that's great for gunpowder skeletons but that's not even the worst part the worst part has to be the geezers as uh, a lot of people in uk like to say we call them geysers in america uh both have weird connotations behind them, but if you're if you're listening to me, I'm gonna say geysers for the most part because geysers just it messes with me too much, and I don't want to be I don't want to be killed by a geezer. That would just be very depressing. So the geezers and geysers are basically going to show up a lot. You'll see them; they'll kind of 
burst the ground. You'll see some cracking, and they're going to be everywhere. Uh, they're going to spout really hot water. It's not going to damage you, but it is going to knock you up into the air, pretty high up, actually. And as a result, you're going to fall. And unless you're falling into water, you're going to take that fall damage that you normally would. The worst part is, is that the gunpowder skeletons, the ones that are chasing after you, can pop up just about anywhere. And if it comes anywhere close to one of these geysers, it's just going to automatically explode. There's no warning. There's no, there's no, you know, hey, by the way, it's going to yell at you. Nope. It's just boom, you're dead. And congratulations. That's just one more tally on the mark for Forsaken Shores. This, this update has probably killed more pirates in the course of 48 hours than even even the curse sails. I don't. I don't even think the curse sails was able to take out this many pirates. Uh, it's. It's definitely a very dangerous place to go. All right. So if it wasn't enough that you had to deal with volcanoes, with earthquakes letting you know when they were going on, and then geysers blowing you up into the air, when a volcano is actually going off, there's two other dangers that you have to be aware of, and that's the lava floor, which this was actually something that I got into an interesting conversation with uh, Thor Von Blitz with last night. He happened to be on, and I jumped onto his sloop, and we ran around and did some stuff uh, for the commendations for him, and then just kind of chatted a lot. But the, the lava floor looks like right now just a moving 2D texture on the ground. It looks like a really hot area, veins of magma, if you will. And if you're walking over these, you're going to have a really tough time uh, staying alive because they, they much like this next item, uh, is actually very dangerous. You can't really stay on these. You have to stay on land that doesn't look like it's melted. The other thing is going to actually be the boiling water. Uh, around each island that has a volcano is just filled with uh, boiling hot water. And it's about, I would say it's further than an actual sword lunge. Um, if, if you, if you go into these areas, you're going to take constant damage. And if you actually get hit with uh, debris from the volcano or cannon or anything, if your ship starts tanking on water, you're actually going to have to deal with this boiling hot water in your ship as well, too. So it's kind of a, a real tough thing to deal with, especially when you're trying to work hard on, one, staying alive if you're caught in a volcano eruption, and two, to make sure that you can actually board stuff up without dying as well, too. So you're, you're having to scoop water, you're having to eat, you're having to board, all while trying to sail away from an active volcano. And it's it can be really tough if you're if you're not coordinated or if people aren't on the island or if people get hit with a rock and they die, it can be really really uh, dangerous to to go and especially with a brig. I feel like the brig is probably the worst ship to take out on the seas right now, uh, just based on on some of these things. With the galleon, you at least have a couple floors that you can kind of work with. You know, if you if you get hit on the top deck, there's a good chance there's going to be someone on the middle or bottom deck still kind of helping bail or board up holes. With a brig, you're stuck. You're either on top of the ship or you're underneath. And if, you, if you're underneath, you're going to take reduced damage for sure, but you're still susceptible to getting hit by molten lava rocks. Uh, so it's kind of tough um, to make sure that... You don't lose a break pretty quickly because it's long. There's a lot of places to get holes, especially compared to having that one extra person on it to, like, say, a sloop. With a sloop, you've got two people. It's a short amount of distance that you can take damage from. Sure, there's a less place to hide, but it's it's a lot easier to actually get out of trouble in a sloop, uh, in my opinion, at least, just especially based on 
how much room you have to work with. And, you know, you've got a lot smaller area that your ship could possibly be hit on with the sloop as opposed to, say, like a brigantine. With a galleon, it kind of feels like you just have to power through it. You know, you just kind of have to suck it up and take the damage and hope that, you know, the four people make, it up, make up enough uh, time between hits to board things up, get those things actually bucketed out. So moving on into the next bit of the patch notes let's talk about rowboats for a bit so i actually really love these things i think they're awesome uh i wish i wish they weren't nearly as fragile uh, or as noisy i i'm hoping that with the with the future updates they can maybe tone down some of the squeaky noises that come from the rowboat i think it's really detracting and it's hard to know if other players hear that or if it's just something that is on your rowboat because as it stands the rowboat would be great if it were silent and you could just kind of cr- you know, sail up to other people without them really noticing. I feel like most people still kind of notice them. If they were quieter, I feel like you'd have a lot more opportunities to take advantage of other people. If, if other people weren't paying attention, you could get onto their ship with stuff or, or at least take stuff as well too. Them being as fragile as they are, I, I want to say that they should increase the durability, but then again, I haven't played around with them in the regular Sea of Thieves, uh, you know, where you're not having to deal with molten lava rocks smashing into your ship all the time or cannon fire or powder kicks you know it's it's a lot calmer in the normal sea of thieves and i'm wondering if maybe they balanced it around that or if they are just kind of uh just basing it on what's going on with like the the volcanoes either way i hope that they're maybe just a little bit a little more sturdy uh if there's something that they can do to kind of buff that i would i would love to have more health on those as well too and i did hear that fox die actually did complete a regular athena's voyage uh alone today in a robo without dying or going to a ship, which I thought was actually really awesome. It's going to be fun to see how people are using these. I know I've used one recently to get dropped off at a shipwreck while my crew went to another island to complete an Order of Souls. And once they did that, uh, they sailed back to Morrow's Peak, and I actually beat them there um, with the two chests and supplies that I got from the shipwreck. I was able to meet them back at Morrow's Peak transfer all the items to the ship and then save the sh- save the rowboat and turn in the chests. It was really kind of cool to break away from the main party and have your own kind of solo adventure without necessarily needing to worry about what's going to happen to your ship because the rest of the crew is actually taking care of it. So I do like that aspect. I hope that that's something that becomes a little more consistent or frequent as the gameplay kind of moves into the future. <laughs> Next thing I want to talk about is sea posts. These are pretty cool, uh, but currently I'm forgetting that they're even around. They're out there in the world and you just kind of have to look at them and know that that's what they are because they're just really tiny little jetties out in the middle of nowhere. And you're kind of wondering like what they are because, for example, there's one between Snake Island and uh, there's one between Snake Island and Crook's Hollow right now that kind of threw me off. In fact, I think I, I ran into one of them on the way from golden sands outpost i was sailing east and normally it was a normally you don't have to worry about anything being in the in the way nope there's little islands out there in the way now so that's fun that's a lot of fun anyway so the reason these are out there they're going to be a big part of week three when we actually get cargo runs now currently they're pretty good as far as like having supplies so it's really good to kind of hop off you can go grab some of the barrels some of the crates uh get the supplies from them and the vendors there do have stuff on sale the stuff on sale is discounted than the normal stuff but i'm wanting to say it's probably around 10 
maybe 15% of what is the normal value of the item. But it's kind of hard for me to say because at the moment, I still have a lot of the items that they're selling already purchased. So I can't really see what the value is for those. Uh, same thing with the, the the items that I purchased. I don't have this, the, the item purchase prices for all the new content, but it's all kind of the same as what all the other stuff is priced out at. So that's posts. They're out there. Go find them and then, you know, spend a couple minutes and then you're done. That's that's There's not much going on with those right now. I'm sure once we get cargo runs, they're going to be a lot more involved in going there, dropping stuff off, picking stuff up, finding out where you have to go to do stuff. And we'll probably get more information about that later on. Speaking of cargo runs commendations are different when the commendations went live last week in uh it was tuesday we had 32 commendations that we found out about most of them were pretty easy it was just kind of going around to the different 1415 islands to actually touch land and then get commendation value for that finding out about the uh the crew and what happened to them the original crew from the devil's roar alliance and then also doing some voyages and originally it was just kind of do five cargo runs do 25 cargo runs and do 50 cargo runs right now the the commendations that you have out in the world are to complete five devil devil's roar gold hoarders five order of souls uh voyages and to find the missing crews and then touch all the items you'll get the titles you'll get access to duke's equipment the uh the the ashen uh the ashen weapons and, and the ashen uh, liveries as well as all of those items for equipment and clothing as well too it's kind of kind of weird though that we only got 23 and i don't know if that's because they disabled all the stuff that was coming in cargo runs and that cargo runs was intended to be out at release that's how i imagine it was supposed to go i think there's something going on with the cargo runs that is causing problems so they went ahead and disabled it because right now in the world if you go out to morrow's peak outpost in forsaken shores you'll find that there aren't there, there isn't anyone out there to sell crates to no chicken crates no no salt or sugar uh sugar uh, what's the the ore ash or um, minerals any of those things that you that you would find out in the world that you would normally get merchant reputation for you can't turn them in because there's no npc out there so i'm thinking that they just shut that all off until week three until whatever bug or whatever issue they're running into gets taken care of so we'll have to find out more later on as we get closer and closer to week three we'll find out if we're getting the legendary commendations and whether or not those are going to be retroactive because a lot of people are going to be doing voyages right now and if those aren't if those aren't retroactive a lot of people are going to avoid going back to forsaken shores i think once everyone gets what they need from the forsaken shores commendations the higher legendary ones are going to go by the wayside uh similar to the way a lot of people avoided doing the reaper's mark from the last build rat adventure to get the legendary commendation for completing uh the 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 30 uh, voyages under the reaper's mark a lot of people don't seem to want to do that myself included just because the hassle of running around flagged is not fun when you're trying to do smaller voyages uh alone especially late at night all right next up on today's docket let's cover some of the cosmetics that we got with the curse uh with with forsaken shores now if you're excited about the hunter set that came with curse sales and you're, you're you must have been ecstatic when you found out like i did that we were going to be getting the ocean crawler or the crab set the kraken set and the forsaken ashes set it was awesome to see us getting some of the really unique looking gear with this update and i've had a good time mixing my favorite parts of the three sets together this is probably the first major departure 
departure from the kind of typical shirtless black look that I know is popular with a lot of the sea uh, uh, on the seas from a lot of the pirate legends that I run into. Personally, I just like being able to see the keelhauled tattoo whenever I can, and I'm not into the way they cut most of the jackets the design isn't something i'm really big into but it's kind of cool seeing the different kraken like peg leg or the crawler peg leg and the crawler hook is probably one of my favorites because it's literally just a claw and uh the kraken eye patch is really awesome but the forsaken ashes one is is really good too I, i've been really loving this and if this is something that's that's kind of going to be the future of how we get cosmetics i mean this is the this is the longest developed update that we have and if we can expect this amount of content for each content, if the if the Hungering Deep team is working on their stuff and they've had since the end of May to work on stuff, I can't wait to find out what's coming in the next content patch. I really can't. So you might be wondering what is limited to the campaign and what's sticking around. So let's take a look. The easiest way to know is by looking at what Duke the Dark Lord has for sale. He's tempting pirates with a Forsaken Ashes weapons and ship liveries. They're pretty pricey, so make sure you try to get them all with the doubloons uh, during the campaign to make sure that you get them. Otherwise, once the campaign is done, if you want that fiery sword, if you want the 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 kind of breached uh, I don't even know what to call it. What do they call the, the rifles as far as like the actual, I can't remember what they call that bit, but basically the tips of the uh, the guns and stuff are all kind of blown open and apart. It looks really awesome. They look red hot. The Forsaken Ash liveries, those guys are really amazing looking. I've seen a ton of people using them and a muzzle, Dr. Bullhammer says muzzle in chat. The muzzle is blown apart at the tip. Uh, the Forsaken Ashes liveries are amazing. I, I think they're probably some of the best looking stuff next to the Kraken set. The Kraken set looks absolutely amazing. The way they're going in and, and putting so much effort into the liveries now is great. And there's enough out there that are unique enough that I think people are really going to start kind of finding what really fits in with them. And we're going to see some real good diversity out on the seas now. Uh, we, we have enough cosmetics, I can, I can safely say. It's going to be hard to see the same ship over and over again uh, once campaign ends and we kind of move into to different stuff. Once everyone's kind of gotten used to the the Forsaken Ashes and the, the Ocean Crawler and the Kraken set. But I do think a lot of people are going to be enjoying the Forsaken Ashes liveries as well as the Kraken set. The other cosmetics for the Forsaken Ashes uh, equipment and clothing is just locked behind the commendations. Those will be available using gold, uh, much like the Kraken and Ocean Crawler sets of equipment, clothing, weapons, and liveries. We, we finally got the Huntress figurehead, too, at the shipwright in the Forsaken Shore. So this is something that I, I really can't... I, I can't thank Rare enough for finally putting the, the Huntress figure out there for other people to buy. It was nice having for the limited amount of time, but it is something that I think a lot of people should have access to all the time. That being said, the bear and bird figurehead is something that no one is ever going to be able to have uh, as a result. And, and it's kind of a bummer because with the bird and the bear, it's a tribute to Banjo and Kazooie. And not having that for people available for more than just a month 
is kind of a bummer because there's a big big fans out there that came back just between big content releases. So if you took a break during Hungering Deep and Curse Sales, you missed out on it. And if you weren't paying attention to social media or I don't know, podcasts, then you missed out on that. And it's a, it's kind of a bummer. That being said too, we I'm also I'm still waiting for Craig Duncan's promise of the Obsidian Eye of Reach and drums or the Onyx. Maybe it was the Onyx. I don't know. They keep using different names for the same color set. But basically those have been in the game available through the codes from E3. They said that they were going to be a 60-day time-limited campaign theme. They then said that they, those were going to be added to a game when they felt it was right. It's still not in the game. And that's kind of a bummer because a lot of people just really like having full complete sets of cosmetics and when you can't do that because of say like cookie codes which i won't go into or e3 codes it's just kind of a shame so hopefully those will get put into the game speaking of cons and figureheads spinal is finally coming to the game through the new york comic-con next week that's this thursday october 4th between 2 45 p.m and 3 45 p.m edt Pirates will be able to sit in on the panel with Pete Heinz, uh, Adam Park, Joni, and Andy Presto. Uh, they'll, they're probably going to be talking more about the actual lore that is going to be in Sea of Thieves revolving around the new book that's being released at the end of the month, and that's the Athena's Fortune book. It's finished. I've heard that people have read it and that they have found out who the community member who is uh, – the, the community member who's mentioned in the book is famous, but not a YouTuber. So I'm kind of curious about this because I'm, I'm going to throw this out there right now. Someone that I've, I've been trying to rack my brain on who the community member is that's in the book that's famous that people will know that would be worth putting in there. And the only person I can think of is Freddie Prince Jr., Captain Cheeks Jr., that's the only person I can think of that is famous that everyone would know that plays Sea of Thieves that could have been put into the book and everyone would have recognized him. And it's just kind of a nod because I know that the Rare team really do love Freddie Prince Jr. A lot of us do. And he's he's been a big advocate of the game since God, the, the, the actual beta. So with the book coming out, we're going to be finally able to get the spinal figurehead. I don't care what this takes. I need this figurehead. I, I don't know if I have to pay for it. I don't know if I can get lucky with the code the way I did with the E3 stuff. It's it's gonna ha I have to have it. It's it's my favorite. I've had anyone that's that's watching on the stream right now. It has been uh, my <laughs> it's been my my home screen on all of on my phone forever, and it's just one of those things that. It's, it's beautiful. It's the most beautiful figurehead I've ever seen. Uh, so that being said, if you don't get it, this is timed exclusive as well, too. So in 60 days, we will be able to get this somehow, some way, we'll be able to pick up the spinal figurehead, which takes me to what's going to happen in 60 days, because this is the first kind of precedent that we've seen with the Huntress figurehead. The, the Huntress figurehead is now launched with Forsaken Shores 60 days, roughly 60 days after the actual content, uh, or after, after it was actually first released. In 60 days, we'll be close to the end of November, which would have given time for the three-week campaign for Forsaken Shores, plus two Bilge Rat adventures, maybe an extra week in there. Since the UK doesn't really celebrate 
Thanksgiving the way that America does. I don't know if they're going to have a holiday that uh, around that time. But I do know that probably two weeks before the next update is announced with or at least has a date we'll probably get a trailer video at it but i'm gonna i'm gonna stake my money right now and say that it's gonna be at the end of november and that being said hopefully in 60 days from now we'll be able to actually have the we'll, we'll be able to get the spinal figure just with gold uh, i'm kind of hoping for that otherwise i assume we will probably be able to get it either at new york comic-con or you'll probably be able to buy something that day from the the rare store and, and get the code emailed to you as well all right next up on today's docket let's talk about barrels because not too long ago barrels seemed to be quite the contentious point to talk about everyone seemed to really hate it then everyone got used to it now everyone's okay with it. And with the current update with Forsaken Shores, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there and say that I love it. The, the new barrel system, they've done a couple things with it, and they've taken away the animation, the, uh, the closing animation with it. The, the kind of delay that would kind of stick your pirate and you couldn't quite move right after that, they took that out. And my God, it's fast. It's, it's really fast. I can grab a full set of supplies and from, from barrels, run them to a ship, dump them off, go back for more. It takes hardly any time at all now. Once you get the key buying or once you get the keystrokes in your mind, it's just like bing, bam, boom. And then you have to check and see whether or not it actually took the stuff out of your inventory because you, you trust that it happened, but you, you don't really see the animation of everything. Uh, it's too fast, at least for my eyes. But then again, I'm half blind anyway, so it's probably just fine for kids. Something that I'm, I'm really happy with is the auto-advancing too. They put in the auto-advancing for the items so say you you pull out all or you take you use the take all and uh store all they put those in that's that's great i love the take all store all once you've taken everything that you can it automatically advances the next item in that barrel so that you can grab those as well too something that i know would have been quite maddening if people had to actually go and mouse over or like left click over to the next item to be able to grab that if if it just auto advances it's easy to just keep hitting the take all button and be done with the barrels and that's kind of how it should be you should be able to just access those resources as quickly as possible as you're used to when they didn't have this system implemented now that it's implemented i think it's probably one of the, the coolest things that's come to see these i think it's really going to afford a lot of opportunity to expand in other areas of the world like fishing and cooking where you you can carry multiple items and stuff like that but right now as far as the barrels are concerned i think they've nailed it there's maybe there's maybe only one complaint that i have about the new barrels is when you're using the take all button in a barrel if there's a voyage or if there's a, a message in a bottle in that barrel you I, I hate grabbing these things on accident and I do it all the time and, it, and it's really frustrating because once you grab one of those messages in a barrel, it doesn't matter where you grab it. It could be for any island in the near vicinity. You're stuck with that. You're stuck with it. You can't do anything about it. You're just, you have to, you either have to do it or you have to live with the fact that you have it. There's no way to cancel those voyages and they just kind of live in your voyage wheel at that point. And, and it's and I know this is a problem because at the moment they even put in the notes that once you 
have a voyage, an actual voyage that you set down and accepted, those voyages will automatically filter to the beginning part of the, the radial for your voyage wheel. So they already recognize that it's a problem and that you can't cancel message in a bottle voyages. It's just a matter of when is that actually going to get fixed? When is there going to be a way to actually discard those? Because uh, right now it's just an element. It's a UI. So they have to be able to work it out for Xbox players with the, with the controller as well as PC players who have the benefit of a mouse. All right, pirates. Uh, just one quick note. Because of the length of this episode and the length of the campaign, I'm actually going to split this episode up into smaller segments. So this week, I just want to cover kind of the main things that we're getting with Forsaken Shores. And next week, I want to do a little bit deeper dive into the lore. So I'm going to start grabbing names, locations, stories, information about the, the Devil's Roar Alliance, as well as what happened with them. And some speculation on what could possibly be going on with Stitcher Jim and why he is still so young, even though he's been we've been told that he's a lot older than he actually is. So all of that, I'm going to give you guys a week to go out, experience the campaign so I can talk about it freely without it being too much of a spoiler, because I know a lot of players aren't going to have time to play in the last four days and they want to take this next week to actually go experience it themselves without having to deal with spoilers at the end. So it's it's definitely something that I think I, I want to spend some time on next week because I don't think next week we're going to have a lot going on in regards to information. I think we're going to be kind of like, you know, just bug reports, things like that. So it should, it should be a relatively quiet weekend. And because of that, I want to take some time to dive into who the Devil's Alliance are and what their association is with some mysterious creatures or characters in the lore that we don't, that we have an inkling about who it is. And also what this whole mysterious box as well as the figurehead on the ship is and it the the shroud breaker and it breaking up into pieces and how we're actually getting access to the devil anyway all that stuff i want to make sure that i cover a lot more in depth next week when i kind of gather all my thoughts about it and some speculation talk with some other people about it next up on today's docket let's cover loot and lore that's right frosty went in on last wednesday it was it was great because Tuesday we got the typical Sea of Thieves weekly stream, and that was great. We we got to see Moonlight kind of run around and do their their piratey thing and stuff. But on Wednesday we had a surprise. Uh, Frosty usually streams in the morning on Wednesdays, if I remember correctly, and he managed to get Joe Neat Executive Joe three sheets neat to actually get onto Loot and Lore. Now this is apparently something that's been in the works for a very long time and it finally it finally worked out he went on to the show i slept through the first hour because i tried to get up early after staying up way too late with captain nightmare and i missed the first hour of it so i had to go back and watch that but it was really fun to watch them experience or to watch joe experience it because if you haven't gotten to see uh frosty's uh, loot and lore game show it's it's fun it, it takes some of the best game show things from like the, the 80s the 90s just stuff that you see in the in in the in american tv and, and really get to see like it applied to sea of thieves so he got to see that it was fun seeing his experience and it was fun to have kind of a smaller group of people actually go and start talking to joe neat and asking questions and stuff so that you know like it's one thing to go into a weekly stream on rares twitch and mixer and youtube and stuff 
have to compete with a lot of people to ask questions, to try and get those answered, just to get some teases out about future stuff. And to have Frosty actually get kind of a small, more intimate loot and lore game show, it was really awesome. And my favorite part about it was right towards the end, uh, they went to Golden Sands Outpost with a crew and a challenge to do the, uh, the, the, the walking the deck when you're drunk to see if you could actually make it without falling off. And if you got to the end of the, the docks and grabbed the chest, then you could keep the chest. And it's a fun thing to watch. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing how good some pirates are with it and how bad other pirates are when they're trying to do it. So they're sitting there. They're, they're doing a race. It's three guys racing down the dock. And uh, Joni and Frosty are kind of running behind them, shoutcasting the entire event. And I managed to get onto a galleon on that server. I saw a guy, uh, this kid was, was kind of, you know, yelling at the crews. He was just, he was actually streaming on Mixer. He just barely streamed. And he, uh, he had a spot on his galleon. So I messaged him. I was like, Hey, I wanted to see if I could get onto your ship because my buddy is actually hanging around out on that server and I want to surprise him. He's like, Oh yeah, sure. Not a problem. So I'm like, great, great. I'll throw you a tweet out and let you let people know, like, come check out your stream from your perspective since you're hanging around. He's like, Oh, cool. Awesome. So as their galleon is sailing away from Golden Sands, I jump off and swim to shore. And because I've seen the show a few times, I knew where they were going to be. Plus, I was also stream sniping Frosty at this point. So I knew where they were going to end up. So I run over, I get onto the dock right in the path of where they're going to be. And I start dancing. And as they're running by, the, the, the three people are just running kind of normal. They don't know who I am and they're just avoiding me as it is. And Frosty recognizes me, sees me, and for some reason I'm bugged on his screen, so I'm completely naked, which was really awkward with meeting Joe Neat right there. But the fact that I got to stream snipe Frosty with Joe Neat was so epic to me. I got I had so much fun. He he was surprised. It was amazing, totally out of nowhere, and it was so great to actually have like in-game Joe Neat actually addressed me as Mr. Logan. The fact that I actually got to talk with him. And at the very end, just before Joe actually went off, I managed to actually get to talk to him and ask him a question. I just wanted to know one thing. And that was, when can I get him to sail with me sometimes so that I can have an amazing captain's log story for an episode. You know, I want to be able to talk to him. I want to be able to see how his his feelings are on the game. Even if it's not recorded, I just want to be able to have that opportunity to chat with the executive producer of Rare because this game means so much to me. And I know it means a lot to other people and I want to make sure that they have an opportunity to ask questions too. So hopefully... Hopefully the community management team listens. Hopefully they can work something out, reach out to me. My contact information is always in the show notes. They're more than welcome to hit me up. I've got a few people on DMs and Twitter that I talk with on a on a on an infrequent basis. I want to get a better connection with Rare. I want to be able to have my viewers have more of a reason to or, or just more communication with rare through me if possible that would be great that being said it was just so surreal and i did before i forget i want to mention since i'm talking about my community that i am i'm going to be doing a pot or a, a, a contest at the end of of october with the athena's fortune book coming out I'm going to be working out how I want to do this contest. I don't know if it's something that I want to do that helps promote the channel and the podcast where I try and like expand my community or if it's just something that I want to do for my community 
through having something as far as like a contest as far as like your, your favorite story. Uh, I'm thinking about doing something that actually relates to the first mate's log because the, the first mate's log is one of those things where it's where the community gives back to me in, in the sense of a story. And I'm actually going to be doing a first mate's log later after I do the captain's log. But I want to have something where my community members can get rewarded through getting getting a copy of the of Athena's Fortune. I've already got two books ordered and I can get them shipped anywhere in the US. So any of my US listeners, uh, I'm going to let you know right now. I'm I'm going to work out the details and I'll probably have more information next week about how I want this contest to actually work, but expect that I'm going to I'm going to have more information in the Discord as well. So if you're listening and you're not part of the Discord but you want to get in on how to actually do this, Join the Discord. The notes, the the link is always in the show notes for every episode. It doesn't matter which one you're listening to. Feel free to set up an account, join in. It's a great way to meet other pirates, and it's a great way to actually start interacting with the community as well, too. Other people that listen to the show, that enjoy Sea of Thieves, that want to play together as well. All right, pirates. Next up on today's docket, we're going to get into the captain's log. So, of course, I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves over the last few days just with Forsaken Shores. Not as much as I've wanted to, unfortunately, with life and school and all that fun stuff. But I've still managed to complete a lot of the stuff that I wanted to and still have some really good times doing it. So this week, I had the opportunity to actually sail with the Banana Republic with Captain Balzonia and Filthy Mudblood. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, uh, what's his name's name the way I, I usually say it. But anyway, Captain Balzonia, Filthy Mudblood. Captain Nightmare, Captain Crook, and Sabian, as well as a random guy that that came in out of nowhere. Uh, he was already in a sloop when I joined up, thanks to Captain Nightmare, and he was amazing. He was a great person to sail around with. Um, I'm I'm gonna butcher his name, and I apologize because he did tell me it, and I and I try to remember how people pronounce their names, just because Logan is spelled weird. And I know how much it means to me to have people spell it or say it the right way. So I'm gonna try this, Raphaelio is the the pirate that I sailed with. He's a great guy. He and I went sailing around in a three-ship alliance for the most part. I believe there was a fourth person, but they didn't really contribute the way that the three of us did. We had two sloops and a brig that were all kind of going around for second shores and having a good time to the point where we actually had pulled up to the Devil's Thirst And it was kind of fun because a lot of us were running around trying to find out riddles. We were looking for X marks of spots and just kind of getting, you know, treasure as we normally would, but as a big community. And at one point, it was really funny that the island started to erupt and Rafilio was leaving on my ship and Captain uh, Balzonia was actually on our ship in the crow's nest, hitting the bell and just kind of messing around with our crew. And right as uh, right as he is, he was kind of messing around. The the island started to shake. The water began to boil. There was smoke. And I had just recently killed Captain Crook. <laughs> it was kind of funny because as I was getting ready to head back to my ship to get off the island, I sword lunged out to the brig, which was anchored right next to the island and Captain Crook was the only one on there. Sabian was AFK at the moment and he was left alone trying to get the ship out of the out of the eruption radius. And it was insane because as this is happening, I'm I'm trying to use their ship as a jumping off point to get back to my sloop. 
and I sudden it soon it, I, I suddenly realized that there's only one person manning this loop at this point, and I'm hoping that that Rafilio is able to get this all handled and he's left alone. But he's sailing off, and it seems like everything's going to be okay. And that's when I'm like, okay, well, I'm on the brig. I should help the brig. It's not my ship, but it's my crew. It's it's still part of my family. So I start helping Captain Crook as we're hitting, getting hit by uh, by. Um, molten lava or rocks and stuff. It's, it's doing damage to the ship. We're trying to repair. We're trying to get the anchor up, which, by the way, if you anchor near a volcano, that is like a death sentence. That is the worst thing you could possibly do at these islands, man, because trying to dodge giant boulders hitting your head and smashing you and killing you and sending you to the ferry while trying to raise an anchor is frightening. It's amazingly scary to have to deal with that. So, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm pushing the anchor as hard as I can. I'm, I'm like leaning forward in my chair as I'm like smashing down my W key. Crook is trying to bail and repair at the same time while we're trying to get out of here. And, you know, we, we all kind of, we actually make it out, all of us. We all managed to get our ships out of the actual blast radius. I think a few of us died along the way, but that always is going to happen with these Forsaken Shore volcanoes. But the best part was when... We all kind of got back together and started chatting. We realized that <laughs> at the point when the, the volcano had erupted, we had all been messing around. We had all been playing with each other. We'd been killing each other for fun, you know, kind of messing with each other's ships. We'd all been kind of like just at ease and relaxed. And then as soon as the volcano started erupting, we all realized that there was a common goal at this. And we all joined together without even discussing it, started taking care of everyone else's ship. Uh, Balzonia jumped down from the, the top of the crow's nest, started helping Orfilio get the ship underway so they could get out of the blast radius. I helped out with the brig. And it's, it's moments like that that I really wish that we had a lobby system in the game to be able to, to, to join other community members to really have those moments where you can you can have fun you can enjoy yourself and still have fun and then when you know when something happens then you can react to it because it wasn't much longer after we actually kind of got away from that we got all our treasure that a galleon was sailing into the area and they actually started messing with the brig uh, with captain nightmare crooks and sabian they started taking their loot and it was it was kind of it was, um, was it them? I'm pretty sure it was them. I, I know they're in chat right now. They'll correct me if I'm wrong. But it was one of those moments where it was kind of like a call to arms. Because as soon as they had started messing with one of our ships, every single other ship started going back to help out the other one. Because at the moment, Captain Nightmare had been streaming. So I was watching uh, Nick's stream and... Uh, he he was kind of like letting us know what was going on. And as soon as that happened, I let Rafilio know. I was like, hey, we got to go back and help out the brig because they are getting attacked by Galleon. Their loot got stolen. And we're chasing after them. And then Captain Balzonia and Filthy Mudblood are on their sloop. And they realize what's going on after we're chasing this, this Galleon. And they cut across and they flanked it. They clever girled this galleon so well with an anchor ball. And it was amazing because as soon as the, the anchor ball hit, the galleon was dead. It didn't matter. All three of us just converged like a pack of raptors and just chewed away at this galleon. And the kids on there were just getting so salty to the point where they ended up coming back at us and just started trolling us hard. We lost a lot of loot that night as a result of us messing with this galleon or dealing with them. But it didn't matter because at the end of the night, we 
we're all still together. We were still a really great community. And we we've, we lost our ships and we managed to have a rowboat at the end of the night. And we'd been sitting around in a big pile just kind of chatting for a while. And we all hopped onto this rowboat, and it was one of the most special moments because you've got the you've got seven guys on a rowboat. <laughs> we're 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 rowboating our way to Morrow's Peak from the middle of the the Forsaken Shores, and as as we're getting closer and closer, everyone's taking photos. We're having a dance party. The you know everyone's got their lantern on. We got some we got some beats going. You know it's 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 so much fun. And then I had to end the night in the most trolley way possible by rowing the rowboat underneath the dock of Morrow's Peak, which I didn't know at the time, but ended up being perfect because it knocked everyone off of the off of the rowboat and ended up spawning them back on the ship. So we lost the rowboat, but it glitched them out. They all respawned on their ship. And then we spent the next hour kind of trolling around, shooting each other, you know, having sword fights, duels, stuff like that on ships, you know, stealing stealing skulls. It was so great. It was it was one of those moments in Sea of Thieves that I don't think I think the last time you have moments like that is either when you when you have a full server and you're in a fleet or you're actually like you're you're doing an event like this where like it happened with Hungering Deep when you would go out with another crew and it'd be two crews fighting together to kill this megalodon and you know both of us both ships are getting attacked and it's and it's harrowing and it's dangerous but you come out on the other side of it victorious and it's just so much fun to to enjoy those and it's like that's that's the thing that makes this game so perfect. That's the thing that really makes this game worth it because when when all said and done, it doesn't matter who's what level or not. We all level at the same rate. We all get to the end game at at some point, but it's those memories that you have that really make it special. That that give you those epochs, those those times, those moments in history that you'll never forget. Uh so it's 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 that that I can't I can't wait to have stuff like that happen in the game more and more as we get further and further with the game development when we're able to have like lobbies or multiple crews or even custom servers. We were having discussions in the Discord session about custom servers. That'll probably go into another time because that's a whole com- I could have a whole nother episode just on custom servers. Let's move into the first mate's log. <laughs> So let's go into the first mates log. As always, the Keelhaul Discord has a first mates log, and I love pulling these stories from the community because it's stuff that I could experience on my own, but hearing it from other people is just a lot of fun too. So this week, I'm going to take David P. Davies' story from the Discord, My Friend Meg. Sailing into the Forsaken Shores is risky business. What with the environment trying to kill you? As I sailed from the somewhat safe safety of an outpost, aiming to charter the Forsaken Shores, I was tailed by a rather large growing fin. After safely escorting me into the uncharted lands, said fin swam away, and I was left unscathed to do my business. After mapping an island, I set forth to the next stop only to be rejoined by the looming fin of the mammoth fish. He was there, presumably, to guide me on my merry little sloopy way, since I reached my next destination safely. 
After finding some loot on the island, I decided to head for the Forsaken Shores outpost to sell my treasures and enjoy a relaxing grog. On this final seafaring adventure, my dear fishy friend accompanied me once again. Likely, he knew what was approaching my precious sloop and cargo. Fast approaching was a galleon, but I figured with these new lands to explore, I would be safe and left well alone. I was wrong. A pirate blasted towards me from an enemy cannon, narrowly missing my ship. That poor pirate was soon feasted upon by the, my dear Meg, who then returned to my side to guide myself and my loot safely to the outpost. What a dear fish Meg is. David, thank you for that. That's, a, that's fun. I love those stories when you have an AI out in the world just being its own thing, doing its own thing, and, <laughs> and not bothering you. Or the times where it does mess with you and you're really not expecting it. I was in a sloop and Thor, Thor von Blitz and I just assumed Meg was doing her normal kind of Meggy thing and running around. Nope, she chomped us like quick and right next to a volcano and pushed us into the uh, volcano's eruption area. So I'm glad that you had a good experience with Meg. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not always the case. Um, but either way... It's good to know that uh, you had some, you had a guardian angel with you. All right, pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of Keelhauled. I hope you guys had a good night. As always, there's plenty of ways to reach out to me. If you want to get a hold of me, if you want something that you want to let me know about, go into the show notes. You've got my Twitter, which is at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You've got my email address at C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. You can always reach me on Xbox. Last episode, Kai Kai Jr. reached out and left a five star review on itunes which i really much I, I appreciated that so much i ended up sailing with him yesterday and it was or no the day before and it was actually really fun because uh he's actually a really good pirate uh for being as young as he is so we had a good time we sailed around and had a lot of luck with the volcanoes i don't know if it's his luck or i just got lucky but man we got a lot of loot in a short amount of time in forsaken shores and that's saying a lot considering how often those volcanoes go off so if you want to reach out to me, feel free to do so. Join the Keelhaul Discord as well, too, because there's a lot of awesome pirates in there talking about the game, meeting up, joining, getting Forsaken Shores commendations done. There's been Mina, there's been Shaggy, uh, God, man, there's so many, CJ, Ors, Evil Monkey, so many of those guys. I love everyone in there. It's It's been a real blast to have you. That's going to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, next week, look forward to lore. We're going to cover more information about the Forsaken Shores Alliance or the Devil's Roar Alliance and the ship that they used to sail around in that area without being killed by the Devil Shroud and what that means for us in the future and how we could get to new areas as well. Other than that, Pirates, I love you, thank you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.